What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Post to Post podcast. This week's episode is episode 84. We got a Metropolitan Breakdown with me, as always, my co-host, Matt Small. And we have a special guest this week, my buddy, Pat Norton. Hey. What's up, everyone? Thanks Thanks for for coming on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for having me. How's things going? Everything good? Good. Can't complain. Playing yeah. a lot of hockey these days, so fitting that I'm here. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we actually threw up your league's jersey behind us too, the BPH. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So that so that that jersey back there is um is is, is what I wear when I play for Boston Pride Hockey. So we're a local um, LGBT friendly um, organization that we we sponsor weekly scrimmages. We sponsor. Um, we just launched our first in-house hockey league this past fall, and we've, we're now starting our third season where we play every, we play um, one game a week with four teams. Um, keep standings. We have playoffs at the end of the. You know we, we do we do a season from fall to winter. So um, we right now we're going to run from September to December with championship games right before Christmas and. Ooh. We'll we'll do another season right after that, you know, from January to April, and again championship games, and um, it's a really fun environment. It's you know, I joined them in in 2019 as just to kind of get a find a, a different, more inclusive space to to play hockey than you know what what you might typically get playing like a men's league or you know other sort of pickup skates. Um, so it's been a really positive experience. We have so many great people in the organization that have just been really welcoming and accepting and. Um, in the time since I've been there, you know, I've, I've slowly and gradually become more involved, joining the board, getting more involved with organizing different skates and events we do, social events outside of the rinks and things like that. And it's just been a really, really good experience. I can't say enough good things about them. So that's awesome. More than happy to represent them here, and right. definitely I'll, I'll always appreciate an opportunity to spread the word about what we do. Yeah, Sounds and you great. just got back from a big trip to Chicago with them, right? Yeah, we just um, we actually won our quote unquote tournament um, in Chicago. We uh, were there for uh, Market Days, which is a big outdoor um, street festival they do in, in North Halstead, which is ju- the, the neighborhood just north of the city of Chicago. So um, we played out there. We actually played in the Blackhawks practice arena, which was oh, really, that's awesome. nice. really that's awesome. cool to see. Um, Check that off the bucket list. That's pretty cool. Right? Yeah, that was awesome. State of the art facility. It's probably just as old as Warrior Ice Arena is. And oh wow. Two sheets, you know, great locker rooms, you know, just a really nice lobby space. They actually like serve alcohol and had like a full service bar. Oh, that's great in there, cool. which is which is surprising. That's what I like to see. You don't yeah. see that in a lot of ranks. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, but yeah, it was a really fun time. We, you know, we, we won the tournament. Although we we should have really played a bracket up from where we ended up because we kind of we won the championship game like you know ten to two or something like that. Damn. It was it was it was it was way too easy. Like we we had we had fun and stuff, but it's you also kind of want to be challenged a little yeah, bit exactly yeah. so um but no we, we we do tournaments throughout the year we do should we do chicago we do an alt, an, alter, an alternating one and then uh, october we go either to toronto or montreal and um then we do one in new york um every uh, memorial day weekend and they're all really cool experiences just being able to travel and play hockey is something that i've never really done before not not having ever played any sort of organized like high school or college hockey that it's just nice to be able to like you know organize the trip plan social events while you're there actually get to you know play in different arenas and meet different people mm. from other cities it's just been it's a really cool opportunity and it's just one of the many things that that we offer to anyone who wants to get involved with us it's huge that you're on the board too i think that's really cool for you to step up and do something like that you know being only three years in the organization that's that's pretty awesome yeah no i mean the you know i kind of looked at it as a way to kind of fill out my schedule a little bit beyond work like if i you know i've talked to so many people that um, have really enjoyed working for a nonprofit, you know, getting involved in some sort of like local, 
you know, club or sports team or whatever it is. And this just this felt like a natural mm-hmm. progression to kind of. I already love. I already love the organization. I love playing with them, and I've gotten to know everyone really well. That it felt like a nice step forward to you know sort of add my imprint to you know the things that we do, and, and a lot of it is behind the scenes work, like you know organizing signups for the, for the skates we do, and making sure that we have you know referees and venues lined up for different places we go to, and um, it's just nice to you know feel like you're you're making an impact and you're helping you know uh, perpetuate the you know inclusive environment that um, that we promote. So yeah. Right? That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's just like like right now, like this is like something kind of new, you know? Just like it's just coming up and the fact that you're a part of something like just so early up. too, yeah, such an innovator. So, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's we've been around since like, you know, I think 92, but the organization didn't really have a presence mm-hmm. up until I'd say like mm-hmm. 5 or 6 years ago when, you know, the organ, you know, the the organization kind of turned over, a lot a lot, a lot of younger people joined and People like who really wanted to promote the organization stepped up, you know, got got things going with social media, with 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 president, you know, like having setting up an awesome website and just just you know getting the word out there about what we do and and, and especially can you the, can you plug that website for the listeners too? Yeah, I think um, I believe it's bostonpridehockey.org. Um, Perfect. It's all, all all one word, obviously. We'll have um, that link below for you listeners too, if anyone wants to check it out oh, and sign up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's just we we just have a really good group. I mean, I, the league that we launched last year, I think, almost doubled our members because wow. so many people saw this as a way to you know a be competitive with with the hockey they play, but also to you know just get you know get that much more involved with the with the with the organization. And it's a really fun environment. I mean, we play both games on Sunday nights, um, you know, back to back, seven thirty and eight thirty, and. People who play the 8:30 game will show up for the 7:30 game to mm. cheer them on. You know, people who play the 7:30 oh, wow. game stick around. And watch That's pretty the cool. That's game. awesome. You know, we all hang out in the parking lot after. People bring coolers and stuff like that, and it's just a really cool experience. It's like it's also nice. Like you know, Sunday Sunday nights can be like a really stressful time mm. where it's like the weekend's over. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're worried about Sunday going back scaries, to work. Yeah, exactly. So this is a nice kind of cure to that because you get, you actually have something to look forward to yeah. to end your weekend, especially so. where everyone on every team knows each other so there's not going to be really any issues yeah. within the league so that's always cool to see uh if i'm not mistaken too i think you had a little social media appearance on the the bruins page right did you guys partner with them for an event just briefly yeah good memory um so we had a skate with them i think last may 2021 and we just had our second annual one this past may as well and essentially i think whether they reached out to us or they or we reached out to them um the Bruins and Nesson as well um, set up the skate for us at Warrior Ice Arena where a bunch of um, – a couple alumni from the Bruins, I think it was Andrew Raycroft and Andrew Alberts, and then a few players from the other Boston Pride hockey team, the women's professional mm-hmm. team, okay. um, showed up and essentially skated with us in, while we played against each other. We built, you know, two evenly matched teams and um, they would Added in a out. couple of ringers. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so um, – so that was really cool. They hosted it at Warrior. We they gave us food and drinks afterwards. We socialized. We got to for people that were new to our organization, it was a good way to meet everyone yeah. and kind of you know actually get time to talk to people, learn about what they do and stuff like that. And it's got to be such a cool event for someone new to the organization too to see something right. like that. It's pretty, it, it's pretty awesome. mind blowing. And Warrior is a great facility too, so to be able to host it there yeah. and to be able to have like a really beautiful background to where we were playing mm-hmm. was awesome. We actually had Tuca come out and skate with us this past time around. Oh, wow. So he was really nice to do that. He was super, like, super welcoming, talked to everyone. You know, wasn't just kind of, you know, along for the ride or along for the appearance. He really wanted to be there, and everyone really enjoyed, you know, getting a chance to uh, to, to meet him and play with him. 
That's I think awesome. that's uh, part of the reason he got on that brand ambassador role too for the, yeah. the Bruins too. Yeah, it's pretty I, cool. I, I, I think that was the idea. Yeah, that was like one of the first things he ever did with that mm-hmm. role. So that's awesome. It was it was a really fun time. That's so, something I say now that I live and die by. <clears throat> I've said this on my mic'd up episodes where I was like, a lot of this, a lot of my games, like we lose, you know. But I I've I said this in my mic'd up where I said, you know, I, I'd rather play for a losing team that loses all the time that. After the game, it was just a game. We were there to have fun, competitive fun, and we all know each other. We're all going to bust balls, all going to, like, have a drink or just, like, hang out after the game. I've, like, on that mass goalie list that I'm part of, I've filled in plenty of times for, like, these teams that are, like, college guys or just, like, guys who are good at hockey that, like, come in, don't even say anything, just grab their shit, get on the ice, we'll blow the other team away, and then just come in, take off the gear, and leave. Like, right. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, this is just like this is the type of hockey. That not here to I'm work on. out. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm not here to talk. I'm here to work out and win. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> I, mean, I, my, my, I remember my dad telling me, especially when I was graduating college, he's like, "The most fun you'll ever have playing hockey is doing pickup leagues and stuff after you graduate, because you, you you actually get time, like you said, to talk to people. To you, you know, have I mean, you know, you and I do a couple skates together, and a lot of the people overlap from skate mm. to skate, so you really get to know people very well." And from a hockey perspective, you get to know how they play, and that mm. gets really fun because you kind of get to learn how to play with other people. Yeah. And you get to play with people that are older than you but a lot more experienced than you, and you can learn a ton, ton. just playing, ton. you know, especially guys that played in college, mm-hmm. and they don't have the same jump that they used to, but the, the hockey IQ is still there, right. and, you know, they can still, you know, deke you out of your shorts just because they're that much smarter than you. Yeah. So you learn a lot by playing with guys like that, and I love that. You know that that atmosphere and what it allows you to do. Oh yeah, atmosphere, hundred <clears throat> percent. That's like when I started with sticky socks. You know, just like men's league, but you go into like a different mentality. Where just like you want to win, but the more you're there, you're like, oh, this is like guys who have families and stuff. That this is like their time to come out, enjoy hockey with each other. Like there's this one Saturday I used to do every Saturday at five o'clock at Quincy Youth, and this guy and his wife. It was like their time together to play hockey every Saturday, and I was like, "Okay, this is like, you know, this is where it is." You know, I, yeah. I fucking love it. You know, that's pretty cool. And actually, you remind me of one good point too. One of the best things about BPH, especially in the last year and a half, is the amount of um, women that have joined our organization has been incredible. The league, especially, has done a really good job for that. For just, you know, really diversifying our player base and. Um, it's it's fun. I mean, all you know the way we build the teams in the league is that they're all balanced. So you get, you know, D level players to B level players, and it's it's almost similar to Stinky Socks too. Yeah, where like you know each player's skill level and where they're going to fit into the puzzle piece. Exactly, and the B players you know make the C and D players better because they play on a line with them mm-hmm. and they teach them. That's one of the best things too. Our good players always want to help educate. You know, the players that are newer to the sport or just haven't played it as much. And, you know, they'll talk to them on the bench. They say, hey, you know, you should have been here on this play. Or, hey, you know, you know, talk to me if, you, if you're looking for a pass. Like, stuff like that that they may not necessarily get yeah. if they're just playing with other D players or if they're just playing at hours where the people, just like you said, aren't that friendly. Mm-hmm. And so they're not really, you know, passing on the knowledge. Yeah, exactly. 100%. There's a lot of hours where the players aren't that friendly and they're like, you should have been there. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've been screamed at before by guys. Oh, yeah. It's like, you let that in? I'm like, dude, it's immensely. Come down. (laughs) But, yeah, if there's anything else you want to add, uh, I think we're ready to jump into the Metro breakdown. I think I'm good. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about, you know, BPH. Yeah. We could get back into it, like, afterwards, too. Absolutely. Really end it off. 
with that. We got a uh, lot of cramming to do here, so Matt, you can take it away. A uh, lot of cramming here. So this is what we've been planning on for the past few weeks here, and right before the NHL season starts, we're going to kick it off. So the four divisions, we're going to break those down. We're going to start with the Metropolitan breakdown. Uh, the teams in the Metro are the Hurricanes, New York Rangers, Pittsburgh Penguins, Washington Capitals, the New York Islanders, Columbus Blue Jackets, New Jersey Devils, and Philadelphia Flyers. So I put this down here just so everyone can get a uh, little take in with the guidelines here. So this is the roster, the 23-man roster. There may be a maximum of 23 players on each club's playing roster at sorry, at one of each time in the commencement of the NHL regular season through the trade deadline. Prior to the start of the season, each club must submit to the NHL its opening day playing roster, which shall be comprised of more than 23 players. Each club must have a roster of at least 20 players composed of 18 skaters and two goalies. Players on injured reserve do not count in this 23-man limit. So this is the roster that we've come up that's been up so far uh you never know toward like the beginning of the season there might be a few changes but this will give us like a uh, a little more of an insight on what the teams are going to look like coming in so <clears throat> we're going to start with the carolina hurricanes last season they were first in the metro with a 54 20 and 8 record 116 points second in the eastern conference and third in the league last season Head coach is Rod Brindamore. So <clears throat> this offseason, they lost Ian Cole to the Lightning, Max Domi to the Blackhawks, Josh Levo to the Blues, Nino Niederreiter to the Predators, Brendan Smith to the Devils, Vincent Trocek to the Rangers, and Steven Lorenz to the Sharks. They say they signed Andre Kosh to, uh, from the Maple Leafs, Paul Stastny from the Jets, Martin Natchez two years re-signed, and Ethan Beer one year re-signed. Uh, the only notable UFA that they have is actually Derek Stepan, who's got nine goals and ten assists last season. And their off-season trades were uh, Hurricanes traded future considerations to the Las Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coughlin. They also traded Steven Lawrence, goalie Itu Makiniemi, and a conditional third-round pick in 2023 to the San Jose Sharks in exchange for our guy Brent Burns and Lane Peterson. Um, big moves here. Um, I feel like they lost a lot, but also gained a lot at the same time here. Yeah, uh, Pat, I don't know if you want to jump in first. I'm uh, still digesting here. If you need yeah, me yeah, to, yeah. I can take it. <laughs> there's, there's a lot to digest here. It is. I mean, <laughs> this. yeah, it's interesting because, you know, obviously you saw this team have a really, you know, deep postseason run last year and yet still, you know, changed out a lot of guys in their roster. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, Trocek you would think is a big loss, but, you know, adding a guy like Stastny I think is a really – interesting impact it's a guy that adds some grit some size that has some you know extensive playoff experience that i think is going to go a long way for a team that you know couldn't quite get over the hump i mean certainly they, they had their struggles on the road last year right. that i think that's that's going to be something they're going to have to you know find a way to overcome come this year especially with a much tighter division and you know oh yeah it's going to be a lot harder to finish first in that division than, it, than maybe it was last year right so um you know, there's some other, you know, seeing like Cock, you know, Cock and Niemi potentially fall down the lineup a little bit is, you know, speaks to just how deep they are, especially, and again, having a guy like Stahl still in the lineup, you oh, know, yeah. even even at his age, he still contributes a lot that yeah. I think, um, you know, you definitely can't, you definitely can't underestimate, especially in a playoff run, so. Mm -hmm. 
I, I just think the standard has been set too high for the Carolina Hurricanes for too long. Last year, they really shined in the Metropolitan, taking first place. Uh, I think this is the year that they take a little bit of a step back. Nino Niederreiter, Vincent Trocek out the door, Max Domi. I mean, Max Domi doesn't bring all that much to the table, but seeing him go, I don't think it's going to be enough. No. Uh, Brent Burns coming in isn't going to cover for that. I don't know. I, I just think that you know they're still going to be there. They're still going to be a playoff contender, mm-hmm. but this isn't the team that's going to get the job done. Last year probably could have been. But it's just so too competitive of an East team, and uh, I, I just think it's it's a step back for the Carolina Hurricanes. To I feel make. like Nino Niederreiter is probably the biggest loss they had. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Max Domi, I think a big name, especially for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. But I think we're gonna start seeing him getting bounced around a little bit in the league. That's yeah, he how he already has been. He's such a suitcase at this point. Right, yeah, exactly. makes you kind of wonder, you know. Yeah, like, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's get into their roster. So Max Pecioretti is actually out with surgery and likely out for the first half of the season. He had 19 goals and 18 assists with Vegas last season. So we're going to be missing Max Pecioretti for half of the season next season. Uh, Sebastian Ajo is a team leader in goals last season with 37 and assists with 54. Big guy. Uh, Jesper Fast, 14 goals and 20 assists last season, which was his career best season. So you're going to see a lot of this uh, throughout the Metro. A lot of these players that like would either shock you or be interesting that a lot of these players in the East, or the Metro, I should say, uh, career best seasons that they've had, which kind of shocked me. For I thought like maybe – Career best season just in general, general because we had like the shortened season last year with COVID. But I mean, some of these guys have been here for like eight, ten seasons, and we're seeing guys just like just outplaying what they used to. So you can see a lot of this, which I thought was interesting. So I threw those in there. Mm. I, I would say probably too, if you want, Matt, maybe just like touch here and there on some of these. Don't yeah. go like verbatim necessarily because there's like a shit ton of stuff shit here. Ton, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So moving off of just a fast, you have uh, Seth Jarvis, uh, Andre Kosh. Jesper Kakeniemi. Um, so he was second best. Oh, no, we'll move on from that. Sorry. Jo- uh, Jordan Martinuk, um, Martin Natchez, Lane Pedersen, Jordan Stahl, um, Paul Stasty, Andrei Sveshnikov, and Toivo Turvinen. Those are the uh, forwards on the team. Well, let's move on to the defenseman. Jake Gardner is actually out for the season with hip and back surgery, so we're going to be missing him. Ethan Bear. Big man Brent Burns, uh, Dylan Coughlin, uh, Brett Pesch, Brady uh, Skay, uh, Jacob Slavin. And then for the goalies, you got Freddie Anderson and Auntie Ranta. I think they're looking good, to be honest. The names. Yeah, I think they're still going to be there, but I just I, they can't repeat what they did last season. That's definitely not going to happen. Mm. Um, and I, I honestly could see them getting bounced in first or second round. Yeah. Uh, it it kind of just I, – maybe I'm just leaning too heavily on Brent Burns here. Ten goals and 44 assists with the Sharks is very good for a team that was very bad. Mm-hmm. But he's getting up there in age. I, I don't know. Could be the next Joe Thornton. You he's know? had some injury history too, if I remember right. Yeah, I mm-hmm. believe that's correct too. And obviously Freddie Anderson as well. I mean, I don't, did, he ever, did he come back in that playoff run last year? I couldn't remember if he did I think he eventually did because Ranta came in. Like that, that rookie came in for a couple games, mm. and then Ronton. I think Anderson might have made it back in. Am I right, Matt? Um, I, I don't know. I think so. Yeah, because Antti Ranta had his little run, but Freddie Anderson, just in general, he was second in the league with his GAA of two uh, two point seventeen, and also third in the league with save, his save percentage of point nine two two. So he's still up there. Yeah. I just brought this up again. I don't know if we talked about this last last week. I can't remember, but I talked about this with my um, coworker that. We did the breakdown of Freddie Anderson and Peter Morozek that season where Peter Morozek went from the Carolina Hurricanes to Toronto and Freddie Anderson went from Toronto to the Har- Carolina Hurricanes. So 
it's like Toronto is like that place for goalies to die, you know? Like their mm. stats look so much better in Carolina than they did in like Toronto. Well, in Carolina, you got a much better decor in front of you than you do in Toronto. Yeah. I mean, the, it's all offense in Toronto. Exactly. They'll happily take a minus, you know, Jake Gardner notoriously in the playoffs against the Bruins would have like minus seven games because that's <laughs> he was just out there to score goals. They, yeah. they were going to outscore the other team 8-7 to seven if they could. Mm-hmm. One thing that I notice in this league, though, is usually when you're one of the top three goalies in the league one season statistically, you don't really get back to that same pace the next year. I think the league starts to figure out a little bit. And, I mean, goal scoring is just always on the rise. So mm. I think we might see a little step back from Anderson, hopefully a little step up from Ronta. Good oh, yeah. point. But I have the Hurricanes slotting in in the two seed in this division. That's what I finished them with. Ooh. Okay. I'm going to do that at the end. Okay. Just to uh... – just do it all just all, all at the end. Uh, so we're going to move on from Carolina. We're going to go straight to the New York Rangers here. They were second in the Metro with a 52-24-6 and six record, which is 110 points. Fourth in the Eastern Conference and seventh in the league. Uh, head coach is Gerard Gallant. So the players they lost was Justin Brown to the Flyers, Andrew Kopp to the Red Wings, Greg McKegg to the Oilers. Sick last name. Right? Right. Kevin Rooney to the Flames, Ryan Strom to the Ducks. Frank Fatrano to the Ducks, uh, their big goalie, Alexander Georgiev, to the Avalanche, and Patrick Nemeth to the Coyotes. They signed Capo Caco to two years, who resigned. Uh, they signed Louis Domingue, uh, two years from the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's going to be the third string. And they signed Yaroslav Halak, one year from the Canucks. He's going to be the backup. Uh, Vincent Trocek, Trocek to a big seven-year contract, and Ryan Carpenter to a one-year contract from the Flames. Their off-season trades, uh, Rangers traded Alexander Georgiev to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for a third and fifth round pick in 2022 and third round pick in 2023. Um, those picks were Bryce McConnell Barker from the Sioux Greyhounds OHL, and that fifth round pick was Maxim Barbashev from the Moncton Wildcats from the Quebec Major Juniors. Uh, the Rangers also traded Patrick Nemeth, a second-round pick in 2025, and an optional draft pick in 2024 or 2026 to Arizona in exchange for Ty Emerson from the Tucson Roadrunners AHL, also not on the team roster here. So uh, how do we feel about this? I like uh, the Rangers. I, I love the range, Rangers, but I feel like as of late, um, not looking good. Shesterkin was the only one hold like literally on his fucking head last last season. Hmm. I, I don't know. I kind of really like the Kreider effect. Jacob Truba can throw it around. Adam I think. Fox. I yeah. I think this is the team that is the most like well rounded looking. Like yeah. I think they're built like a uh, five to ten year ago hockey team, and that could be their downfall because of all the speed in the NHL. Yeah. But they do have those guys out there like Sammy Bly can throw it. Ryan Reeves like those type of players uh, that'll just slow you up offensively. Mm-hmm. And I think Yaroslav Halak coming into backfield for Georgiev, honestly, he's not a Georgiev, obviously, but I, I think that he is that kind of goalie that can come into a new organization mm-hmm. and it doesn't really change anything for him. He'll just come into his job and go yeah. home. And I think Shesterkin's going to step up this season. Yeah. See, I, step I, up? How can he go, how can he right? go higher from Vesna Trophy kid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I'm, I'm, I'm to me, that this, 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 this is you know the best to me the best team in in the metro i mean i just think they've been on the rise for a few years now they've done an excellent job drafting and developing players and um 
you know, Kreider and Zabinaj had a monster years last year. Yeah. You know, Panarin became becomes the second liner, mm-hmm. and he's still he's still you know at the you know towards the end, but still in the prime of his career. Yeah. The Trocheck is a really nice addition to add depth to your forward group. I mean, there's you know there's question marks with guys like Capocacco and Lafreniere. They yeah. haven't quite hit their ceiling. I feel like, especially Lafreniere. Obviously, I think if I remember right, he was in and out of the lineup at times last year mm. as a healthy scratch. Which is nuts to see him on the first line still. You know, I like. know, right? <laughs> but I think this team has a lot of potential, and I think again they've done a really good job building it. They didn't really lose anyone. You look at you know you talk about the the guys they lost. Georgiev is probably the biggest you know notable guy, mm, and he yeah. was the backup. Right, but. He and you know he and uh, Shosturkin were an excellent tandem. So, I I, I I I wouldn't count this team out. I think they're going to be right there at the top of the division. Still there. Yeah. I mean, you don't think one Shisterkin. thing I w- one thing I want to jump back to too. You said they're probably one of the like the best team in the Metro, and like as good as that sounds, that's really not that great. Like, there's no competition in the Metro, you know. Right. So it's like, I don't know. Let's see how it holds up against huh. the rest of the teams in the East, right? Yeah. What, do you think so? Or? Well, see, I think the Metro is a lot deeper than I think you're giving a than you're than you're giving a credit for. Okay. I, okay. I, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it yeah, obviously, but I think we're two a, in. So there's a lot of teams that are going to be you know vying for the for, at least for those top three spots and probably for a couple wild card spots as well. Hmm. I, I just feel like th- this team and the Hurricanes team are like the two teams that stand like a good gap above the rest of the Metro. That's mm-hmm. that's just my take yeah, on it. Take. But okay. That's funny. <laughs> Flyers fans here. Yeah, right. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to start with the roster here. The forwards are Sammy Bly, who's actually returning after from injury. He only played 14 games last season. Uh, Ryan Carpenter, Philip Heedle, Barclay Goudreau, Capo Caco, uh, Vitaly Kraftsoff. So this name came up, and we talked about him last year. This is the player who refused to be sent down to the AHL last season, told everyone to screw off, and went jumped over to the KHL. And they're just like, <laughs> yeah, let's sign this guy who fucking dusted us. And so He's the, got heart. He's, he's got, got heart. Yeah. <laughs> so he, recorded, he wants it. <laughs> he recorded six goals and seven assists for the Chelyabinsk Tractor in the KHL, your favorite team. Choo-choo. Choo-choo's. <laughs> Our boy Chris Kreider, Alex Lafreniere, Artemi Panarin, Ryan Reeves, uh, Vincent Trocek, Mika Zibanejad. Uh, for the defensemen, we have Adam Fox, Zach Jones, Ryan Lindgren, Keandre Miller, uh, Braden Schneider, Jacob Truba, and goalies Igor Shesterkin and Yaroslav Halak. Um, yeah, I mean, they definitely have some depth there. They definitely have the guys. Uh, I, I did this, too, which is the worst part, and I totally forgot about Adam Fox. We were talking, you were talking about guys. I'm like, oh, that's right, Adam Fox is on this team. Yep. How the fuck did I forget about that? He is the guy on this he team. He well, the guy. I think it's him between him and Kreider, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. Probably for, like, the guy. Zabanajad mm. is such a good player, but he's so, like, he's unbelievable. under the radar. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? He's not taking the spotlight. Mm. No. You know, like the Panarin high kick. Like, that yep. guy's spotlight central. I love that. Yeah. It's so cool. No, they, that, this this team is a really deep detour. I mean, you, you talk about like this, their top four D is the kind of top four D you'd want to build. You, you got you know Truba back there with some size and some grit. Lindgren can play a tough game as well, and mm-hmm. you know I think the Bruins miss miss uh, having you know lost out on that trade, the Rick Nash trade from years ago, is how yeah. they got Lindgren. But Fox is a you know perennial Norris candidate at this point. Kadri Miller has turned into a really solid defenseman, and I don't, yeah, I don't know much about the guys in the third pair, but. Having a top four like that is is you know really helps you get a, go a long way. All right, hundred percent. And you got Chris Kreider here, who had fifty two goals last season, which uh, put him third in the league. So big guy here, Chris Kreider. So yeah, they're looking good. 
Sammy Black coming back. I wonder how he's going to go. You miss like almost a full season here, and you kind of throw him back into the Wolves here. See, mm. Some guys can do it. Some guys can miss a whole season, go right back to it, and some guys will come back and not not be warmed up to it, you know? Yeah. I so, think he's another guy that will get a little leash in getting back into it too. Like he's not one of those guys that are looked at under a microscope. Like he has his role, his job to do, and if he gets the job done, no one's really thinking about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. You writing down your one through eight yet? Oh, I got it already. You already got it? Okay. I think I might surprise both of you with mine. Hmm. Probably scroll down and see mine and be like, fuck. <laughs> uh, so we're going to move on to the Pittsburgh Penguins here. They were third in the Metro with a 46, 25, and 11 record, which is 103 points. Seventh in the East and 12th in the league last season. Their head coach, Mike Sullivan, actually just signed a three-year extension. Uh, the Penguins lost Louis Domingue to the Rangers, Mike Matheson to the Montreal Canadiens, and John Marino to the New Jersey Devils. <clears throat> they signed Caspi, Kasperi Kapanen, two years, who resigned. Yevgeny Malkin is actually back, resigned with four years. Uh, Denton Heinen resigned with one year. They have Dustin Tokarski, one year from the Bus- Buffalo Sabres, which kind of shocked me. Uh, Yan Ruda, three years from the Tampa Bay Lightning, and Drake Cag. Cagula with uh, one year from the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, the current notable UFAs. Uh, big one here. This is still shocking the shit out of me. Is Evan Rodriguez. E- Erod. He's got 19 goals and 24 assists last season and for some reason is just sitting there at the hmm. UFA. Uh, they also have Brian Boyle, a guy from Hingham, Mass. Yeah, the 37-year-old has 11 goals and 10 assists last season. Uh, yeah, Erod is still just shocking the shit out of me. That is kind of just hanging out there. Uh, so they have two trades. The Penguins traded Mike Matheson in a fourth-round pick in 2023 to the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for Jeff Petrie and Ryan Poling. Uh, the Penguins traded John Marino to the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Ty Smith and a third-round pick in 2023 here. So um, I like the Evgeny Malkin. Wasn't there, like, a little thing with him, too, just, like, we, we weren't really sure if he was going to be back with the Penguins, and here he is with that four-year deal. So that's good for the Penguins. Yeah, there was definitely some uncertainty that he might he might test the market <laughs> and try to find another suitor. So uh, I, I think he absolutely could have, too. It's kind oh, of nuts yeah. to me that 100%. he even, yeah. not necessarily hometown discount, but even got a contract with these guys at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I didn't know if he would budge enough to get the job done here. At first, I, I remember like a year ago when we were doing this, um, You like these, these are like the names where – like, there were just, like, Malkin, Crosby. It's just, like, these are the names that are just, like, no, they're going to be Penguins, like, all mm-hmm. the time. And then, like, we came by, by a few trades, like, Mark Andre Flory, like, that big trade. We are just, like, whoa, this guy is moving from, like, the Penguins. And then all of a sudden, like, big names. I, I feel thought, like the league has gone so far away from that now, where back in the day it was you're a one-team guy if – you know, if the team has you back like that. Yeah. And then there were, like, the one-off, like, random situations where it's like, wow, that guy really ended up, like, leaving or getting traded, things like that. Right. Mm. But now it's, like, it's a business, yeah. you know, yeah. at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, it's absolutely. Nuts. You're a player slash business. Like, you know, if you don't work with what we're going for, you know, even if you're captain, we'll be like, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll move from you. Yeah. You know? So that was interesting to me to begin with. Uh, oh, yeah, the, the whole Dustin Nikoski thing was interesting to me. Um well, I mean, we're going to be do a breakdown with it, but that just means Craig Anderson is, like, now the number one dude. And that dude's, like, what, 42 years old? <laughs> 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 so we'll be talking about that later on. Uh, but let's get down to the roster here. So forwards Drake Cagulo is actually injured. He's expected to be back in October after a herniated disc in his neck. He had two goals and three assists in 18 games played for Buffalo. 
Um, another call back to, I don't know if it'll be the same, especially after something like a herniated disc, you know, in the neck. So hopefully you can come back, uh, guns blazing. <clears throat> they have Teddy Bluger, Jeff Carter, Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel, Denton Heinen, Kasperi Kapanen, Yevgeny Malkin, Brock McGinn, Ryan Poling, Ricard Raquel, Brian Rust, Jason Zucker. And for defensemen, they have Brian Dumoulin, Chris Letang, Jeff Petrie, Marcus Peterson, Yan Ruda, Ty Smith, and goalies Casey DeSmith, Tristan Jari, and uh, Dustin Tukoski as a third string. Um, I I don't think I've seen like, a lot of like difference here. They made some moves, but still looking kind of like the same team. That's my, that's my take on this with the Penguins team here. I think that this team... I know that this team is the oldest team in the NHL by age. Uh, I think that the main factor on this organization is right up the middle. It's Crosby, Malkin, Jeff Carter, mm-hmm. and Teddy Bluger on the f- fourth line. I think those centers really elevate the players around them, and the story of this team this season is going to be their health. If, yep. if one of these guys goes down, the story in the past has been Crosby's out, Malkin steps up in a big way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be sustainable this year just with the roster that they have on paper right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's enough you know, gas in the tank for these guys to really elevate to the point where you're replacing a Malkin or a Crosby in the lineup. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. And I don't, I don't know if the wingers you know, get, get the job done without those guys in the middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on the back end, too, Dumoulin and Latang is your top line. That's, that's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. But Marcus Peterson, Jeff Petrie, Ty Smith, Jan Ruda, I, I don't know. I don't know too much about the bottom four there, oh, yeah. and that's uh, that's not too strong for me. And I also think the Jari and DeSmith, you know, situation in net, it's it's baffled me for too many years now that I just don't know what to think anymore. Yeah, I, I, I see this team taking a step back, but not because they got better or worse, but because they stayed the same. Yeah, right. They it's just like get older. It's like a rope pull here with these two players. I want to talk about Brian Russ last year, twenty four goals and thirty four assists last season, which is his best career stats since coming into the league in twenty fourteen with the Penguins. Then you have Jason Zucker, who had eight goals, nine assists last season, second lowest stats in career since coming into the league in two thousand eleven. Mm-hmm. So it's just like is Brian Russ just like picking up the pace when Jason Zucker's like falling down, you know? Just... And that that can also be who's Malkin feeding the puck to at the end of the day. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we're just, uh, I showed you, just to get like a kind of refresh here, I was watching a few uh, highlights, uh, game highlights today, and I showed you one of them. It was uh, Cindy Crosby, they were playing the Flyers, and on the power play, he's on the blue line, and he had a fucking clapper and a half. Like, I, I couldn't, like, I don't remember seeing Crosby blue line one and just like the shot, the, the absolute bomb that he had. I was like, and how accurate it was. I'm like, oh, like, this guy can just do it all you yeah know? and he's still got it for how long he's been in the league it's oh, the, insane the hands are in, insane the goals he can score like at the side of the net yeah. you know a redirect by a shot that's clearly going wide and he tips it in or mm-hmm. he gets it out of midair he bats it in yeah i mean he's still like a well-known name but i feel like he is kind of falling by the wayside with guys like kale mccarr like these these big names nathan mckinnon it, it's kind of nuts he's become the lunchbox guy that clocks in clocks out gets the job done every year and he's at the top of the list with all these guys but the spotlight and the, you know he's not the center of it's attention of the league now, anymore yeah. there's right. just other guys that they're focusing on so yeah. you don't see how good and how prepared and the mindset that he goes into work with every day outside of the fact that he's the one working with Nathan McKinnon and making McKinnon the next Crosby. Yeah, right. You know? And it's interesting. Even when, I feel like even when you watch Penguins, especially national games where you know the spotlight is on them even more, you hear a lot more about Gensel than I think you do about Crosby. Yeah. Because Gensel has kind of become, he's obviously the young star of that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, on a team that has a lot of older guys, he's like the one bright mm-hmm. young face that 
they need, and then he's he's stepped up and he's been you know one of the leading point producers. So right. it's kind of interesting to see almost that like that transfer of power. Yeah, yeah. and we talk about the carousel, and uh, we talk about the carousel goal goaltending wise. Like Matt Murray was supposed to be the absolute face of the Penguins organization and just shit the bed, and for the three years that he was up, Matt Murray was up. It was like it was either Casey DeSmith backing him up or it was Tristan Jari backing up backing him up, and they were like up and down. Like one season, Casey DeSmith would be like the best goalie, and the next season, Tristan Jari showed that he was the best goalie, and now they're a tandem. Hmm. And like Tristan Jari kind of showed himself last year. He's tied for fifth in the league with a .919 save percentage and sixth in the league with 2.42. Now are we gonna get like another? season where Casey DeSmith is now this starter and I think that's where uh, this team is going to have problems there's no it's not really 1A 1B it's more like a question mark of who's your guy mm, who's the guy yeah. you're going to start and you're not going to know that until probably a month or two into the NHL we're just like oh Casey DeSmith stats or just like in general is looking better than Tristan Jari so now let's well, two months in now focus on Casey DeSmith as being our number one guy and by then it's too late mm-hmm. you know so it'll be a little carousel ride with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins this coming season, yeah. I think. The interesting thing that you know, I, I was just looking it up to double check. Mike Sullivan, who you know you mentioned, has just got a three-year extension. He's been there since 2015, and I feel like we've 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 heard it talked about before that coaches kind of have a shelf life of maybe like five to six years. Yeah. This is year seven for him, so. Be interesting to see if you know, not necessarily if there's like turmoil in the locker room, but the, if the team has a tough start because of injuries, just a really tough division. You know, does that kind of put pressure on a guy like Mike Sullivan, or are they comfortable with him because they just gave him an extension? Just, just something to keep an eye on. Right. The only thing I think with that is Mike Sullivan gets a three-year extension, and right now it's the same team from last year, and they're the oldest team in the league. They've only really known this guy, like these players, right? So there's no core shakeup of like a young guy coming in and being like, well, fuck this guy. Like, right. I'm going to start ignoring him. Yeah. Um, but he probably has to be one of the longest tenured coaches in the NHL at this point because of how how many guys are getting canned. It seemed like last season half the coaches got canned around yeah. the league. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, I feel like it's flown under the radar because yeah. I, I had to look it up and I'm like, he's. I mean, he won two cups with them, and mm-hmm. you know, you had to, you had to think back to win those cups yeah. when they won those cups. You talk, you're going back. Mm-hmm. 2015 was the first one, and then and then 16. So, I don't know, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, Definitely, 100. Uh, percent So let's move on for the Penguins here. Let's get into the Washington Capitals. They are fourth. They were fourth in the Metro with a 44, 26, and 12 record, 100 points. Eighth in the East and 13th in the league. Their head coach is Peter Laviolette. <clears throat> Let's get into their players lost here. So they lost three goalies here. Phoenix Copley to LA Kings, Ilya Samsonov to the to Toronto Maple Leafs, and Vitek Vanacek to the New Jersey Devils. They also lost Michael Kepney to the Seattle Kraken and Justin Schultz to the Seattle Kraken. They signed Marcus Johansson uh, to a one-year deal. Martin, Ma- sorry, Martin. Matt Irwin to a one-year deal. Uh, they signed Darcy Kemper for five years from the Colorado Avalanche and also goalie Charlie Lindgren, which is three years from the St. Louis Blues. Eric Gustafson to a one-year deal from the Chicago Blackhawks. Henrik Borgstrom, a one-year deal from the Chicago Blackhawks. Dylan Strom, one year from the Chicago Blackhawks. (laughs) And Gabriel Carlson, one year from the Columbus Blue Jackets. They have two trades here. The Capitals traded the 2024 second-round pick to the Ottawa Senators in exchange for Connor Brown. And the Capitals traded Vitek Vanacek, oh, add that to the list, and 2022 second-round pick to the New Jersey Devils in exchange for 2022 second-round pick and 2022 third-round pick. 
the Capitals' second-round pick was defenseman Ryan Chesley from the United States National Development Team. And the Capitals' third-round pick was forward Alexander Suzdalev from the Sweden Junior League. Um, I, I don't know what the hell the Capitals are doing. They're just like... <laughs> Fuck it, get rid of every goal. We need to do something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to I know, do. They just flip the bird to all the goalies. So yeah, you guys right? suck. Hey, you guys suck. Get rid of them. And then it's like Chicago getting rid of guys. We'll, we'll take a few. Gustafson, Borgstrom, and Strom. Uh, I'm just I'm, I'm curious what they're doing. We talked about this when Darcy Kemper got signed here to the five-year deal. I wonder if the Washington Capitals think Darcy Kemper is going to be their answer. When I was just talking about Colorado Avalanche was that fucking <laughs> – they just had it was just a powerhouse team where they didn't really rely on good goaltending, you know. Yeah. And Darcy Kemper is good goalie, but if you put him on a different team, he would not get the job done to win that cup. You know? Well, and you saw it in the, in in the, in that final. I mean, Tampa Bay, got, they got their goals against him, and there were there were plenty of cheapo goals in that series that I think, like you said, Colorado got away with it because they just outscored them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's. It's like I said. It's been a carousel there. It's been it's it's, it's amazing that they had Holtby for so long, and he was you know for for when he was there, he was one of the top you know five or ten goalies in the league. Yeah. And since then, they haven't been able to replace him. No. They haven't been able to find that in any sort of consistency. Not at all. So and then his child, uh, Brain Holtby's career might be over. You know, he's had lower body injury that he might not even play next season. It yeah. would be nice to see a team take a goalie, like draft them, develop them, make them their guy, and really buy in on them. But like. I think they just treat them like assets so much in this league now where it's like the second that they're like hot, if you've drafted and developed a guy and made him good, you can ship him for another piece, like do it because you can get another guy to come in and like backfill an okay and do an all right job. You know what I mean? Right. I just think that you can sell high on goalies in this league when they're showing that they're hot and then they usually cool off a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, But I mean, let's take a look at this team for Havy for, I can never say that one for Havery and uh, John Carlson is a top D pair. Orlov and Jensen, Gustafsson and Van Riemsdyk. I think they're looking pretty good defensively. Uh, and, I mean, Darcy Kemper is your starting goalie. I think it's going to be okay on that end. The forward depth, I don't I don't really know here. I mean, it, it just seems like Pittsburgh 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think, yeah, it's, it's an aging team. It's a team with health questions. I mean, Backstrom isn't even starting the season. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you definitely have to ask the question of, you know, well, Ovechkin put up the same rate mm-hmm. of production that he's used to when he's when he doesn't have him feeding him. Well, let's talk about two more players that are out injured too: Nicholas Backstrom, Tom Wilson, and Car Haglin are both. Uh, all three of them are going to be out. Mm-hmm. Mm. But also, that could be the rejuvenation that the team needs to see those three guys coming in. Where Pitts- Pittsburgh is kind of up against the ropes; they don't have guys coming in. They're just hoping no one goes out. Right. These guys are going to have these players get added to the roster as the season goes on. So that could be the blessing that this lineup needs. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Living on a prayer right there. Well, right. I mean. I, I wonder how much you can get out of a guy like Dylan Strom as a second-line center. I feel like he kind of underperformed in Chicago. Maybe not underperformed. I don't quite know what his, his expectations mm-hmm. were. But, you know, he's got to carry a line with Anthony Mantha and TJ Yoshi, two very solid wingers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, guys probably need a playmaker ar- around them to, to get them the puck. So, you know, it'll be kind of very interesting to see if that line can produce like they're going to need to. That's very true. I was thinking the opposite way where Oshi and Mantha would step up and cover for Strom. But you're right because those are the guys that – they need the puck pass too to put the puck yeah. in the net. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to need big production out of Strom at the end of the day, not yeah. from goals, just assists at the right. You know, yeah. You know, Mata needs to come up too. It's, I was looking at his stats. They've been, they've he, it's fallen since he's left Detroit in that yeah. big trade. You know, he needs to really step up his game because he uh, looked 
Sorry, he looked great when he came over. I think it was not last season, the season before mm-hmm. the trade deadline. He mm-hmm. lit it up. But then, like, yeah, like you, I think you were going to say, he had just had a, a poor year last year. I think injuries hurt him as well. Yeah, 100%. And then you have TJ Oshie here, who's last season, 11 goals, 14 assists, second career lowest since entering the league in 2008. So these guys are just not picking it up. And say you're not picking it up here, Tom Wilson, like, his, he's been just unbelievable, especially uh, last year. Um, uh, sorry, I just missed it here. He had 24 goals, which is third team best, and 28 goal, uh, 28 assists, which is fourth team best. So like, that's just a big hit. And you're not those two other players, Anthony Mata, T.J. Oshie, are not helping pick up the team. You know, so it's just like, what are you doing? You're gonna just rely on Ovechkin and just sit on his uh, ass there and the. What do you call it? The OV office? The Oval Office there? <laughs> yeah, literally in Washington, too. Yep, That's he great. Sits there. I love that. It's incredible. I'm going to put that as like my back, my fucking screensaver Dude, or something like that. You could just, comment that on every goal he scores this season on like an Instagram page, and it would be a top comment every time. Right. Hashtag Oval Office. Oval Office. office. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Like, they're on the power play. They'll be on the power play, and just watching OV, who is just an absolute, absolute, like, just top predator for like the power play goals and like no one's covering him like no he's just sitting there just like i'm just gonna wait for the puck to come to me and goalies get across and they see the shots and it still still goes in because it's his <laughs> i mean his accuracy is very underrated he can pick a spot as much as he just beats him with power yeah. you know he knows how to pick a short side shot when he when, when he when he's in that when he you know when he's in his his little like you said his oval office there mm-hmm. and what's funny is he hasn't been like you know, the, the front and center guy for those kind of videos. You see, like, the stick handling drills with Kane. Like, if you set up, like, a one-timer where he's, like, picking certain, like, water bottles off the top of the net, like, he could go across the top right. of oh the net and hit God. every time, yeah. you know? That would be insane. a fun All-Star Games, like, you know, skill competition yeah. to add something like that in. Yeah. You ever see the video of uh, Ovechkin and his uh, son? I can't remember how old his son is now, but he's now showing him how to take shots into, like, the empty net. Yeah, and like, yeah. God, we're going to see, like, another Ovechkin coming to the league. Like, <laughs> He's going to, like, top his dad, you know, be yeah. like, holy shit. That is going to be cool because I feel like Russian Russian culture, too, like, that that son is going to want to fill those boots. You know what right. I mean? He's going to want to be that guy next. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Uh, but let's move on to the New York Islanders. Uh, they were fifth in the Metro with the 37, 35, and 10 record, which is 84 points. Ninth in the East and 20th in the league. Their head coach, Lane Lambert. That's a weird. Lane Lambert. Yeah. Replaces Barry Trotz. Wild. Wild. I loved Barry Trotz. I, yeah. We talked about how much I hated this. I can't believe they got rid of him. Like It wasn't his fault that the team underperformed, I don't think, no. personally. No. no, not at all. So they lost Austin Sharnick to the uh, Detroit Red Wings. They signed Noah Dobson, which is three-year re-signed. And then they also signed Alexander Romanoff uh, from the Canadians for three years. The only notable UFA that they have is Zidane Chara, which who had two goals and 12 assists last season. I think this is it. I think Zidane Chara is going to be hanging him up unless for some reason another team is just like, yeah, we'll give you another go. Um, they traded for their trades. Islanders traded their 2022 first-round pick to the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for the 2022 fourth-round pick and Alexander Romanoff. Islanders' 22 fourth-round pick was defenseman Isaiah George of the London Knights in the OHL. Uh, again, we talk about the Islanders before, and it's just a team where they are set. They don't really need to do many moves. Let's run it back. Yeah. Let's run it back. This is my team this year, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Coming <laughs> Dude, back? The same squad as last year. Mm-hmm. This team is so solid on paper. Like, I can't point out a weak spot as a forward, personally. I, I, I don't think there is one. 
And on defense, I mean, they have Pelican Pulak as their second line. Like, yeah, I think they're going to be really good this year. Mm-hmm. I think I think Varlamov might kind of suck, but <laughs> other than that, I think they're going to be really good this year. Man, we're we're rooting for New York Islanders two years ago. Yeah, and last thing. year, and then they shit the bed. Yeah, yeah. But I think this is the year for them. This is like the team, the guys to get it done. I don't really understand the shakeup in Barry Trotz. Like keeping him for another year would have been nice. I yeah. think to see him. You know, get a real opportunity with this this team the set the way it's set up. But, right. Yeah. I'm just looking at the forwards here. Look look at the names here. Uh, not the Josh Bailey that's going to be with us uh, later <laughs> on, but Josh Bailey, uh, Matthew Bezel, Anthony Beauvillier, Casey Chizikis, Cal Clutterbuck, Anders Lee, Matt Martin, Brock Nelson, Gene Gabriel Pajot, Kyle Palmieri, Zach Parise, Oliver Wallstrom. That's the forwards. How many names are like high end names that you know of? You know, mm. just like big names. I, I I just don't think that there's a weak spot on that on that nope. top twelve, nope. like all twelve of those guys. Yeah. Know? See, the interesting th- the interesting thing for me is, you know, I agree there are a lot of names you know, but they, if you know, if I consider, you know, let's say a Johnny Gaudreau who we're going to talk about mm-hmm. as like an A player, mm-hmm. but Barzal to me is maybe a B plus, mm-hmm. but a lot of these guys are like B players, and so I, I you know, I question it, whether or not they're going to have the right. the goal scoring production. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder. And this has kind of been their problem in the playoffs is they they try to win games like one one you know two one yeah, you yeah. know or we also we used to always say with Chloe Julie they try to win a game zero zero yeah so I I wonder if they're gonna struggle a bit because they have that that extra punch I mean I think they were rumored on being in on in on Kadri for a while and I think that would have been that mm-hmm. would that that would have put them over the top in many ways but. Um, but I also think that Kadri's one of those guys that, like, as good as he is, he's still not the A. You know, he's, right, yeah. he's the guy that goes with someone else. That's true. You right. know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's funny that you pointed out Barzell as being, like, the B-plus guy when he's the second-line center. Like, right. That's so weird. You're right. There isn't, like, the star power. It's kind of like the Carolina Hurricanes of a couple of years ago that, like, didn't really have the star power, the name, the presence. It's just, like, everybody does their job so well that, like, mm-hmm. they think they don't need that guy. But yeah. Like, who Kadri's, knows? Kadri's that Nick Backstrom to the Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. The peanut butter to the jelly, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's, the, he's that guy. Cereal to the milk. <laughs> <laughs> For defensemen, they have Noah Dobson, who had 13 goals and 38 assists, which was second most on the team and career high since coming into the league with the Islanders in 2019. Uh, Scott Mayfield, Adam Pellick, who had 25 assists, which was a career high last season, Ryan Pulak, Alexander Romanoff, and Robin Salo. Uh, Robin Salo is kind of back and forth between the Bridgeport Islanders and the Islanders last year, last year, but he's coming into his second NHL season. Um, Noah Dobson getting it done. The more you're going to see this, the more more we talk about this, the more you realize um, these defensemen are becoming very offensive defensemen. Like We're getting to another arrow defenseman where they score, they play make, they get these assists, they get these goals. Uh, it's a lot you're gonna see like these old guys, like Zdeno Chara, who's just not used to it. Who's got like three goals in like three mm-hmm. seasons, you know? The, the guys like <clears throat> the older guys like Chara that are getting replaced by these new defensemen. It's almost like the defensemen are as good as the forwards because of how shifty and how like confident they are with their puck skills and their their edge work. They can be the last guy back on the blue line on the offensive side and just deke a forward out because like they know that they can do it. And it's crazy to me that they're doing that because. In men's league, in any league, if that if like the coach sees him doing that nine times out of ten, they're like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, you're the last guy back. You turn that puck over, that's like a breakaway." You yeah, know? yeah. But these guys are so confident in their abilities that that is the new standard in the NHL. You need to be able to work like that on the blue line. Mm-hmm. It's nuts, right? And to top it all off with the goalies here, you got Sorokin and Farlamov. Elias Sorokin here, two point forty GAA, which is fourth best in the league. 
and .925 save percentage, which was second best in the league. Seven shutouts also, which is second most in the league. So you have, like, that back end, too. It's Alias Sorokin getting the job done, as well as, like, the entire team just in general. Yeah. The Islanders are looking looking good. The thing with Sorokin, too, is he put up those numbers despite the team having a losing record yeah. last yeah. year. Yeah, that's mean, nuts. That mm-hmm. tells you a lot. And shutouts, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know the team had a really. Good, I think if I remember right, they had a really good end to the season. Yeah, they could. You know, they were. There were times when you were like, "Are they going to make a push for a wild card spot? Are they going to be able to climb up?" But it did. And it didn't end up happening. But right. yeah, that Sorokin could be a big key in the cog for them. Someone that you know keeps them competitive in a division where yeah, there's going to be a lot of you know potential scoring with some of the teams they're going to play a lot of the teams we've already talked about to mm-hmm. this point. I'm regretting my one through eight now. The more we talk about this, I was like, <laughs> ah, okay. I have I have three teams right in the middle that I'm like flip-flopping around back and forth, and right. I'm still trying to set them. <laughs> that was my problem. Like the middle three was yeah. just like, where do I yeah. put them, you know? Uh, so let's move on uh, to our Johnny Goudreau here, the Columbus Blue Jackets. They were six in the Metro with the 37-38-7 and seven record, which was 81 points. 10th in the East and 21st in the league. The head coach is Brad Larson. Uh, they lost Gabriel Carlson to the Capitals, Kevin Stenland to the Winnipeg Jets, and Oliver Bjorkstrand to the Seattle Kraken. He was actually the top scorer last season with 28 goals. Um, players signed was Erica Branson to four years, Johnny Goudreau to seven years, and Patrick Laine to four years. Uh, the, those Goudreau and Laine signs I like. Uh, they have two trades here. The Blue Jackets traded the 2022 fourth-round pick to the Predators in exchange for forward uh, Matthew Oliver. They also traded Oliver Bjorkstrand to the Seattle Kraken in exchange for a 2023 third-round pick and 2023 fourth-round pick. Um, dude, that that the uh, Johnny Gaudreau there was, I think that was the biggest shocker, one of the biggest shockers in the offseason. Yeah. I did not expect Goudreau to be like, yeah, Columbus, I'm going to go to you. you Right? It's nuts, Out of all teams. The the main part of it, I think, came down to, like, family life and where they want to live and settle down. And, like, he said that, like, this is, like, the spot for them, I guess. Yeah. Which is kind of, like, interesting to me. And it's almost, like, contradicting everything around the league because a lot of guys for maybe the past five, six seasons were like, I don't want to be in Columbus. This sucks. It's kind of like, like... the Canada of the United States. Like, you know how you get out to, like, the farm yeah, area yeah. up there? Like Buffalo, know. you know? Yeah. Buffalo, New York. It seemed like everyone was like, screw this place, but Gaudreau's like, no, it's a great spot to have a family, so. Well, that makes you ask the question if Tortorella was part of that conversation, too, mm-hmm. and now him not being there, especially for a lot of the younger players that I think clearly were at odds with him right. in terms of just the way that he wanted them to play yeah. and the way they wanted to play. Yeah. Yep. He's very much an old-school coach. Like, you, you're going to block every shot. You're going to come back on – you're going to come back on D, and I think – you know, obviously, we've seen this team as a very, really young roster that a lot of guys have popped on in the last few years, and mm-hmm. um, now, now you look at the top six, and it feels like it's a more established top six in terms of guys you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm still trying to gauge how I feel about this team because I just don't know a lot of the guys mm-hmm. in the bottom six, and right. they're going to need those guys to step up if they want to be competitive in what it's a very deep division. That's exactly what I was just looking at the bottom six. I was like, I don't really know where this is going to. You know, Go. bring bring this team, and I I kind of look at them like me and Pat were talking off the air earlier. The teams that were the puzzle pieces that all got brought together that kind of didn't really click, like the Vancouver Canucks or the Ottawa Senators uh, when they brought in those different players that you're like, oh, they could shake things up. This could be good, and then yeah. didn't really didn't jive. So, out. and when it comes to really only the top six are looking like that, and the bottom six, you're like, well, maybe. You know, I don't know yeah. if that's gonna jive. Yeah. yeah, you brought up coaches too, and like, yeah, that makes sense because. 
going to be talking about him next next week, but the whole Bruce Cassidy leaving stuff and Krejci signing and Patrice mm-hmm. Bergeron signing, there was talks about the reason why Krejci might not come back or was whole Bruce Cassidy stuff. So Yeah. It's weird that coaches can force – I mean, not really in Johnny Goudreau's case, but like a player like Johnny Goudreau to a team like the Columbus Blue Jackets, you know? Mm. It's kind of nuts. Uh, but let's get on to the roster here. So, got – why do I keep saying Johnny Goudreau here? Johnny Goudreau, who was second on the Flames team in goals with 40, third in the league in assists with 75, and third in the league in points with 115. A absolute smoke. Uh, Boone Jenner, Patrick Line, who is second on the team in goals with 26 and fourth in assists with 30. Uh, Gustav Nyquist, Jack Roslovic, Jacob Voracek, Kent Johnson, Cole Sillinger, Kirill Marchenko, Eric Robinson, Sean Corelli, Matthew Oliver. Uh, for the defensemen, they have Zach Wierenski, Andrew Peek, Vladislav Gavrikov, uh, Adam Bokfist, Jake Bean, love that name, Eric Gubranson, and for goalies, Elvis Merzlikens and Jonas Corpusalo. Uh Jonas Corpusalo, uh one of my favorites to watch, but uh, this was interesting to me when I was looking at his stats. Career low last season with 4.15 GAA and .877 save percentage. 7-11-0 record. Oof. Not good. No. You are just relying on Evis Merzlikens to get that shit done. It's just it's also crazy to me that in, in the NHL nowadays you can have a four one five and an eight seven seven as a goalie and finish the season seven eleven. That's insane. Right? Like, <laughs> holy true. shit. When you lose, you lose, but when you win, we get by. Right. <laughs> we just gotta outscore them. That's how we're gonna win this. Yeah. Mo- modern scores NHL. Are like twelve to ten. <laughs> <laughs> just insane, you know? But um I don't know. Like this is the uh, – we've talked about this. Is a guy – is one guy going to make a difference here? Is Johnny Gaudreau going to come in and for some reason be that god that just, like, turns an entire team and roster around? Kind of was in Calgary. Yeah. Like, he, he was there long enough that over time the organization kind of flipped, don't you think? Mm. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think you could Patrick, look at it. Wasn't, sorry, wasn't Patrick Line supposed to be that guy when he came over from the Jets? Yeah, but I think they realize they need another piece for that guy. That's yeah. what I was going to say. I think you, you look at what Gaudreau did for a guy like Sean Monaghan at Calgary, yeah. you know, <clears throat> perennial 20-goal scorer. Line's got far more skill than he does, and mm-hmm. I think they've been looking, like you said, they've been looking for that piece to go along with Line. Not to mention he's finally, you know, out from under the Tortorella, you know. <laughs> Thumb. Yeah, <laughs> just a guy that he clearly didn't like. And I think I, th- I think it's going to be interesting to watch watch those two guys play together, both in the you know even strength and the power play. I think that's that could be a real you know game breaking yeah. potential. And mm. you know what? I don't know if there's another player in the league that is more of a polar opposite than Tortorella than Line. Oh, like God, he's yeah. so like fashion forward, like flashy off the ice, like yep. kind of video games too. I think yeah. he's into. He wears hoodies under his jersey during yep. practice, and then like. Really? And then like does the ex- goes the extra mile on offense, but like doesn't give it 110 on defense. Like it's like the exact opposite of a Tortorella player, you right? Know? Yeah. So it's really it really comes to show what it's what it's like. I mean, that's I think Tortorella again was the reason why Bobrovsky was just like I need to get the hell out of here, you know? Bobrovsky and what's his name? What Bobrovsky like, wanted yeah. an Aaron, ten million a year. Want ten million <laughs> yeah. a year and shit the bed for one year, and then the next year is like, ah, I should probably play. <laughs> Um, so I do want to go back to Voracek here. His stats were actually interesting to me. So last season he had 56 assists, and I was like, well, it's a lot. 
But uh, he's also a player whose goals haven't been the same, but assists have stayed in the 40-plus range since 2013. So since 2013, this dude has been nothing but 40-plus assists, just getting the job done for seven, ten years. That's Almost incredible. Years, yeah. That's a that's a streak. I wonder how many players match that. Right. Statistically, you know. Not insane. So Borchek getting the getting the job done. It here too. No no assistant captain. Not captain. Just just a guy by the wayside. Yeah. The job done. I've always been a fan of his. Just the way he played. The way the, the style of game he plays. A very physical. Well, he's happy to go to the front of the net and you know just park his ass there and score plenty of goals and I've all, I've just always been a fan of his and I, I I'm curious to see his impact here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So Voracek was wasn't he from uh, originally from the Flyers? Yeah, he was definitely yeah, on the Flyers. Been, at I one think point. he's been his whole career up until then with the Flyers. Mm-hmm. So just just an interesting guy. Uh, this is a guy that I wonder if like sorry, I'm sorry, like one of those guys without the C, without the A, without like all the stuff on him could just get the job done. Mm. Like I wonder if Columbus just like give him the C or give him the A and for some reason like his stats kind of just start to slowly decline because there's more um pressure, there's more pressure and more spotlight yeah. on him. Yeah. Who is their captain at this point? Um for was the it, roster? What, what, yeah, was it Bjorkstrand last season or who was it? Or was <sighs> it Boone Jenner maybe? Boone Jenner been there sounds a while. Right. Jenner sounds it is Boone Jenner. Okay, yep. there we go. We actually did a uh, thing uh, a few weeks ago where there's a lot of teams without captains currently. Yeah, I think there were like six or seven. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the Rangers finally named one. I thought it was kind of cool that they had like a running streak of seasons without a captain, though. Like, yeah, huh. yeah. Just don't have – I guess the rule is guess, I guess you have assistant captains, you're good to go, but mm-hmm. captains yeah. are just like, yeah. I didn't know about that. I can't remember how we got into this rabbit hole, but I looked it up and I was like, whoa, there's like 11 – again, 12, mm-hmm. something, something up there. I think that can also no go captains. to my point earlier about – the, the modern NHL where one guy doesn't stay with the team for his whole career, like a business model, mm-hmm. and that leaves the whole of, like, who do we really want to put a C on if we're going to get rid of the guy next year? What does that say? Right. If we make yeah. this guy our captain, then we sell him. You well, know? That's just it. Yep. So um, so you're ready to move on to the next two teams? Let's do it. The New Jersey Devils and your Philadelphia Flyers, who I guarantee you are on that bottom of the list you wrote. <laughs> they're, they're there. They might be somewhere down here. <laughs> they might be somewhere down here. All right, so also the New Jersey Devils here. They were seventh in the Metro with the 27, 46, and 9 record, which is 63 points. 14th in the East and 28th in the league with head coach Lindy Ruff. They lost uh, goalie John Gillies to the Coyotes and Colton White to the Ducks. <clears throat> they signed injured Miles Wood, who was signed to a one year deal. Uh, Jesper Boquist to a one year deal. Jesper Bratt. One year. Uh, Tice Thompson, Vitek Vanacek from the Capitals with three years. Brendan Smith, two years from the Hurricanes. And Andre Pilat, a big one for five years from the Lightning. There are notable UFAs. Uh, P.K. Subban, who had five goals and 17 assists last season. And I kind of want to go down a little rabbit hole. Not really anything crazy here. But the UFA goal, uh, goalie is Corey Crawford. I got to this, and I'm like, Crawford? Isn't he Chicago? So he retired, but fun fact, signed a two-year, $7.8 million contract with the Devils for the 2020-21 season. Never played a game and announced his retirement in January 2021, literally because he doesn't want to play anymore. He's just like, I've done all I can to the game of hockey, and uh, I'm just done. And just like retired, <laughs> took the money, and skedaddled. 
Imagine that. Yeah, that's it's like the, that's it's like the, the Lundquist scam. That's like the Lundquist scam. That's that's the Bobrovsky move, except he doesn't even have to play. I think I, I don't want to say anything about. It. I think Corey Crawford got the bigger deal out of this. No shit. Henrik Lundquist had to get new gear and at least come in to practice a bit. Hey, you know why? Cor- you know Crawford why Crawford like, got away with this? It's because he's got the cup and Henrik didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Henrik could have done this if he got the cup. Yep. Crawford was like, all right, I signed this, and like a week later, it's like, hey, <laughs> I'm not feeling well. I'm gonna retire. <laughs> Uh, so they had a few trades here. The Devils traded the 2022 second round pick and 2022 third round pick to the Washington Capitals in exchange for goalie Vitek Vanacek and the 2022 second round pick. The 2022 second round pick that they picked was defenseman Seamus Casey. Uh, the Devils also traded Pavel Zaka to the Bruins in exchange for Eric Halla. Uh, we'll be talking about him. Uh, the Devils traded Ty Smith and the 2023 third-round pick uh, to the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for John Marino. John Marino, Eric Halla are big, uh, good pickups. Uh, we talked about Eric Halla last season where he kind of came out of fucking nowhere for the Bruins. I'm mm. like, is the Bruins just that bad, or is just Her- Eric Halla like that guy that's just like coming up? And Bruins sold high on him when they had the chance. Yeah, yeah I think it was uh, <clears throat> an opportunity for Halla where we were kind of weaker up the middle a little bit, especially that third-line center role hadn't really been solidified. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did build his stock up a bit. And, you know, a Zaka Halla trade, I think the Bruins end up winning in the long run. Mm-hmm. But short run, I think Halla's a very good plug-in for the, for the Devils here. Right, yeah, um, I, This is another team where top six really good, bottom six, eh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, not a lot of, you know, firepower on this team, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Dougie Hamilton's a big question mark. I think he had a yep. very good year last year, but it seems like just a, a weird career. Like, I put him and Max Domi in the same, like, box right now. Yeah. Like, they're, they're kind of having weird weird careers just yeah. in general. Yeah. We want to go back to Dougie Hamilton here. I have lowest stats since his 2013-2014 season. Mm. So, really falling down here. Yeah, that's pretty big. And uh, new, new goaltender in net, too, Vitek Vanacek. Mackenzie Blackwood, I, I don't know, man. Like, nothing really screams success with this team to me. Yeah. Um, not in a bad way. I mean, I don't mean it negatively, but I, I just don't. I feel bad for Jack Hughes at the end of the day. Yeah, 100%. it just it just feels like a middling team. Like they've mm-hmm. been for the what feels like the last four or five seasons. There's promise. They have younger guys like Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes, but they haven't really taken over the team yet. Mm-hmm. And I, and and I think part of it is they maybe maybe just haven't been surrounded with like you know talent that can kind of elevate them a bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Give them some protection as guys developing the league to allow them to find their game. Right. Whereas yeah. like when they, when Hughes came in, like they expected the world out of him yeah. pretty much right away. Yeah. And, you, and, and you saw that he struggled. And I, I think that was, I think those two things were connected. And I know? think those two guys, Hughes and Heesher, are the guys that they look to elevate the rest of the line where those are the players that we, me and you think that the rest of the line needs to elevate them. Yeah. And Andre Palat's a great sign, but that's one out of four. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but I feel like if you slap this team in one of the Western conferences, they might fare a little better. Mm-hmm. You know? It's yeah. just... They're they're in the world of the East, and it's just yeah. they're not going to be able to get over that hump. I don't think with this roster. Yeah. Right. So I want to do a callback here uh, when I was talking about career best stats, and this team has a few here. And for the listeners, I, I want to go down the list of uh, uh, the team here. So they have Miles Wood, who we talked about, who's injured. He had a right hip injury during the last preseason, needed surgery, and there's still no timeline for his return. We talked about Andre Pallad, who had 18 goals and 31 assists last season. Um, Nico Hischer, he had 21 goals and 39 assists last season, which was career-best stats since entering the league in 2017. Uh, Jesper Bratt, 26 goals, tied for team-best and 47 assists, team-best and career-best stats uh, last season. 
You have Yegor uh, Sharanago. Sorry, I keep, I'm going to fuck this up. Sharangovich. Uh, Jack Hughes with 26 goals, tied for team best, and 30 assists, which is career best stats last season. So big come up for Jack Hughes here. I knew he was a big name back in the day when he was uh, drafted. Uh, Thomas Tatar, Eric Halla coming off, again, his second-best career season with 18 goals and 26 assists. Uh, Andreas Johnson, Jesper Volkvist, Michael McLeod, uh, Nathan Bastian. Uh, for the defenseman, you have Ryan Graves, Dougie Hamilton, again, uh, with the lowest stats, uh, Yo- Jonas Siegenthaler, Damon Severson, Severson uh, Brennan Smith, John Marino, and for the goalies, Mackenzie Blackwood and Vitek Vanacek. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood as a goalie, I love watching him play. Uh, just very square guy, can get the job done, can do the splits, you know, mm. get it done. And so it was kind of interesting to me to see his stats. So he actually, last season, he actually came off his worst season statistically since 2018 when he entered the league. Uh, he had 3.39 GA, 0.892 save percentage, and 9, 10, and 4 record. So I hope to see Mackenzie Blackwood come up. I know you can have, like, shit seasons, but I hope uh, Mackenzie Blackwood's on the come up here. And Vitek mm. Vanacek actually is pretty interesting. I put this down on the notes here for Vitek Vanacek. Uh, almost dead even stats from the 2021-2020, uh, sorry, 2020-2021 and last season. 2.67 GA and 0.9087, sorry, 0.908 save percentage with a 2012 and 6 record. His stats from the previous season were 2.69 GA, 0.908 save percentage, and 21, 10, and 4 record. So it's just like both seasons are just like almost dead even with yeah. what he can do. Consistent. Yep, yeah, exactly. Consistent. It, it might also show you a ceiling, though, of this is where he's at if he's plateaued. You know what say, I mean? C- consistently yeah. average is how I look at him. Right. Yeah. But what, got, what will he be like on the new team? You know, that's, right. that's going to be the big one. I, I think this team has too many players that are right on the bubble of like, you need to get over this hump to prove that you're more than what you are, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Last team. So where's the Devils on your list, bud? Not so good. We'll be talking about them soon. Because <laughs> this is the last team. Our uh, our guy, Chris Ronan, his favorite team here, the Philadelphia Flyers. All right, which one is it? The Flyers or Vegas Golden Knights here? Who are you betting on? One, one, one year we're going to see Flyers, well, Vegas, Golden Knights, Stanley Cup Finals. Well, yeah, right. Shit yeah, pants. right. One year. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know if we'll see that in my lifetime. Um, well, one team I bought a ticket for them to win the Stanley Cup for this year, and one one team I did not. <laughs> so That answers my question. <laughs> All right, so the Flyers here, they're eighth in the Metro with a 25 46 and 11 record, which was 61 points. 15th in the East and 29th in the league with head coach John Tortorella placing Mike Yo. Uh, they lost Adam Clendenning to the Chicago Blackhawks and goalie Martin Jones to the Seattle Kraken. Uh, they signed Justin Brown to a one year from the Rangers, Nicholas Delorier, four years from the Wilds, and then they re signed Morgan Frost, Owen Tippett, and Zach McEwen. Uh, notable UFAs here, Keith Yandel. I know nothing too crazy, one goal and 18 assists last season, but that that streak coming to an end here. Phil Kessel on the move. No, no, they already fucked his streak over, remember? I was going to say, they, they sat him. Oh, that's yeah. fucking right. I yeah, they screwed him that. already, so I don't give a fuck about him anymore. He's like, I'm no. retired. It's, it's the Toy Story meme. I don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> 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 All right, here. Yeah, so they traded for, they had one trade here. The Flyers traded three. 
2022 draft picks, second round, third round, and fourth round to the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for Tony D'Angelo. I'm sure he loved that. Tortorella guy right there. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> the New York Rangers coming back here. How <laughs> many weeks until those two just explode in the locker room when you see video of them fighting? It's... That's exactly what I talked about when we talked about this trade. I was yeah. like, this is going to be good, waiting for the fireworks. <laughs> Awesome. I'm surprised we haven't seen anything from training camp yet. Right? <laughs> right. I thought I put something in here. Oh, man, alive. Uh, we're going to be talking about, um, oh, was it Owen Tippett? We're going to be talking about Keith Yandel. I'm sure I'm sure I'll, I'll find it. But Keith Yandel is up there with one of the worst players in the league. <laughs> the top, like, top worst player in the league. Right, let's get to wow. it anyway. Wow, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. That sucks. So let's, let's get with their roster here. So that for it's Scott Lawton, Sean Couturier, uh, Travis Konechny, J- James Van Riemsdyk, Kevin Hayes, Cam Atkinson, Joel Farabee, Morgan Frost, Owen Tippett, Nicholas Delorier, Patrick Brown, Zach McEwen. For defense, they have Ivan Provorov, Tony D'Angelo, Travis Sanheim, Rasmus Ristolainen, Cam York, Justin Brown, and goalies Carter Hart and Felix Sandstrom. There's a lot of notes here because, oof, this team. Um, <laughs> you want to start this off? Because I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I just don't know where to go with this. Here. All right. So that's, that's a lot to give away for Tony D'Angelo, but he did have a career year, so I'll give him that, I guess. Rasmus Ristolainen, I think at the end of the day, before I go down this, I, I think at the end of the day, this team knows that they have good players, but doesn't know when to sell on them and like where their ceiling is going to be. Like no. a Shane Gossespierre is a guy that I thought was going to be with this organization for their career and like really round their game out. But like, they just like dumped them early and like, some of these guys, like they, they have, like Cam Atkinson is on this roster. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's a good player. He had you know a what I mean? Year last year. Yeah, that's a good player. That should yeah. be someone that's really getting the job done and doing something for yeah. your team. Like second most goals on the team and second most in NHL career and second most on team with twenty seven assists. Yeah. Yeah. Even so on like the bottom six, Joel Farabee's a good player. Owen Tippett's going to do pretty well for them. Like Provorov as your top pair D. Rasmus Ristolainen second pair D. Like. I, Another another New Jersey Devils like yeah just a kind of a middling team nobody yeah I mean to, you know Couturier is a good player but he's had injury problems and mm-hmm. you know that's a guy that they, they they depend a lot especially now without Claude Giroux yeah. that's think, what I was just going to next yeah. no Giroux is like dude I, they have no fight in them I feel like talking right about, talking about Couturier here six goals and eleven assists last season worst career stats since 2012-2013 where he only played forty six games so imagine that you're worse than the fucking season you only played forty six games yeah. right. Do they have any injuries to start the year? Just uh, Ryan Ellis right okay. now. Uh, but Carter Hart, man, like it's just the team <sighs> lives is going to live and die by them, and the fan base and ownership and everything made it about that. Like if you pump a guy up to be like, you're the future of our organization, you're Carey Price, you're the best thing we've ever seen in our life, and once he starts to suck, he's going to be like, man, everyone's looking at me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just get in his own head. And to be backing him up with a guy like Felix Sandstrom, like I don't know a goddamn thing about Felix <laughs> Sandstrom. I've never heard that name in my life. Right? And – you brought in a Martin Jones. We've talked about this multiple times, but like you brought in the worst goalie in the league to back this guy up. You mm. need like a veteran presence, a guy to almost make him compete for that starting yeah. job and like yeah. tell him he's the young dog that needs to sit in the back for it's a little like, bit. It's an old mark to the Swayman yeah. kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And two seasons ago, they had Brian Elliott, the 42, 43-year-old backing right. up, but he got the job done Better than Kyle Hutt. But I think, yeah, I think a Brian Elliott's like a Yaroslav Halak. He's not a guy that's going to make you fight for your starting job, but he's going to be the the stopgap that makes it so that, holy shit, our starter's dropping like half of his games when he shouldn't be, and this guy's going to, you know, carry the weight a little bit, you know? 100%. Uh, Let's get into uh, James Van Riemsdyk because I found the player I want to talk about. (laughs) 
He's got he, this is a little curveball here. So he's a four, he's got the fourth worst plus minus in the league with a minus thirty three. The league worst was teammate Keith Yandel with a minus forty seven. Yeah, he won the green jacket <laughs> Holy last year. Holy shit! <laughs> also to add to that, twenty four goals, which was also team best and fourteen assists last season. So he's getting the job done with twenty four goals, but also is terrible in the plus minus category. Wow. I think I think Live Golf actually reached out to Yandel and offered him a hundred mil to come play in. <laughs> On their tour. <laughs> hey, we saw this massive. We saw those minus. numbers. It's insane to us. You, you put on minus 47? That's nuts. That's nuts. Must be one of the best players in hockey. Want to try golf? <laughs> <laughs> I know you hockey guys play golf in the offseason. We'll sign you. But, yeah, insane when I saw that. I went down like a little rabbit hole, plus minus. Like, Jesus Christ, Yandel. But he's done. I, I, Unfortunate. It's, it, it's it, so it, sad it, to see. Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. I mean, Give it to me straight, boys. Are the Flyers the eighth seed in your one through eight? I don't want to be. I, I want to know. I have to know. They're Give last. it to me straight. They're dead last. I got to pull it up before my phone dies. <laughs> <laughs> They're dead last with me. Yeah, same. Yep. All right, so let's do Pat's first because his phone's going to die. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll go one through eight. All right, so I'll, I'm going to read them off, and then I'll, then I'll talk about them. Uh, Rangers, Hurricanes, Penguins, Blue Jackets, Islanders, Capitals, Devils, Flyers. Okay. Uh, so, do you guys want to do yours, and then we'll... Hold on, I was trying to write it down for you, so we have it. Oh, thank you. Rangers, uh, Carolina, Pittsburgh. Yep, Blue Jackets, mm-hmm. Islanders, Capitals, Devils, Flyers. Perfect. All right, so let's take it from the top, boys. In the first seed, <laughs> we we have... What do you have, Matt? All right, want to do me it, Don't go down one through eight. I just want to do them one at a time. Okay. All right, we did his quick, because we wanted to get him on paper. All right, first seed, Carolina Hurricanes. You have the Carolina Hurricanes. So, I... I think you did too. You put the Rangers as number one, right? Yeah. I felt like the Rangers really stepped up this offseason and, and the Carolina Hurricanes kind of took a step back, which is why I did that. But I just think that Carolina won't be able to repeat what they did last year and the Rangers are really going to step up and, like, you know, put the put the foot on the gas here and, and be mm. that next team. The more we talked, the more I hated almost what I did. Because okay. I did this. Who do you I'll- have in your two seat? It's got to be the Rangers. No, dude. You have Carolina oh. and then who? Columbus Blue Jackets. What? Okay. You're high. You're high. Wow. I know. And I'm the one who did all these notes. When I was doing the notes <laughs> at the end, I was like, yeah, Columbus looks like they could be a second seed. And then we talked throughout the literally throughout this entire episode, like when we were going through Columbus and these teams, I'm just like, oh. did Carolina, <laughs> Carolina and Columbus, right? <laughs> yep, so Carolina so, and Columbus. So you have Merzlikens and Corpusalo getting the job done. Ugh. Yeah. That's tough. It with that's a lot of pressure. With, uh, you said Corpusalo had like a career low, didn't he? Career low. Oh, that's yeah. tough. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so me and you both had Carolina for a two seed. Yep. Uh, who do you have for your three seed, Matt? We'll start with you. Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh. So does so does Pat here. Mm-hmm. I had them. Okay, so I had the New York Islanders going third because that's that's my horse that I'm backing this year. That's yeah. really the only reason I jumped them up. When you said that, I'm like, yeah, they should have been that, that top of the. Three. That's just like my like betting with my heart. You know what I mean? Well, like <laughs> I think the Islanders need to be there. Mm-hmm. After we talked about the Islanders, I almost decided to switch the Islanders and the Penguins yeah. in my in my ranking. That would have made them the three seed. If if they get if they don't get screwed on the schedule this year too, like their home arena seems kind of cool. Like yeah. I think people will like it. Yeah, you know. like the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually going to be a really fun. We're, we're going to have fun with that. Yeah, we are. All right, so uh, you two had Pittsburgh. I had the Islanders. So then in your four slot. New York Rangers. New York wow. Rangers. That's our fucking one slot. If I can slip. A wild card. I still think Carolina Hurricanes are going to take first, but if I could slip anything, it would be the Rangers in second and Columbus Blue Just Jackets. Just flip them, yeah. 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 And then Pat had Columbus in fourth, and I had Pittsburgh in fourth. 
Okay. So we, we all have Pittsburgh in our top four. Mm. Nice. Okay. All right. And then uh, next up in the fifth seed? New York Islanders. Islanders for Matt. My handwriting is atrocious. I can't even keep up with this. Uh, Islanders for Matt. Islanders for Pat, too, yep. in the fifth nice. seed, just outside the playoffs. I put Washington here. Oh. Yeah. That's uh, it's pretty high up for them, I think. They're going to the be a bubble team. your sixth? Oh. My sixth? Know, yeah. yeah. Who, who do you think it is? Penguins? It's uh, They're actually my fourth. Uh, I already said oh, that. Oh, whoops. Uh, six is going to be my Columbus Blue Jackets. Is who oh, I have okay, next. yeah. Who do you have in your six? Washington Capitals. Okay. It's about the same spot, yeah. right, at the end of the yeah. day, and Pat has him in his six, so yeah. you guys are starting to match a little bit here. And we can guess the seventh and eighth seed. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Who do you have the seventh? Okay. New Jersey Devils. Yeah. And Pat, you and Pat mirrored, and I bumped my flyers up one, one seed. Okay. Because I, <laughs> right. I, I the put comeback. them in the playoffs last year, and I learned my lesson. Wow. But I just can't put them last. They got, they got to get up. Come on, get out of that. Get up. You know what's crazy about Don't the kick flyers? Kick a dog when it's down. I'll, I'll do a bet. I'll do a bet. If they are not, like, if they are a seventh seed, if they just go up one from eighth to seventh, that's a win. Like a that's a win on the season. <laughs> that's a win. But also think about it like this, right? Their only UFA is Keith Yandel. Who yeah. is the worst plus minus in the league? So <laughs> statistically speaking, if they don't sign him, they're gonna be a better team, <laughs> right? Like, you're not wrong. I mean, unless oh. they sign someone that's gonna put up negative fifty, right? Right. <laughs> I don't know. All right. All right. So let's run through them real quick. So I have the Rangers, Carolina Islanders, Pittsburgh, Washington, Columbus, Philly, New Jersey. Matt went Carolina, Columbus. Pittsburgh, Rangers, Islanders, Washington, Devils, and Flyers. Yep. Pat went Rangers, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Columbus, Islanders, Washington, New Jersey, and Philly. Love it. Yeah, and and it's I was talking to Pat about this off air too before. It's kind of weird because you can't really draw the line of who's in and who's out for playoffs because you can have a like four and four go, or you can have five from one division and three from the next, like yeah. we had in the West last season. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird to see. I've seen a lot of talk online, like comments, people like promoting it. Like they really should go back to the one versus eight kind of format. Like mm-hmm. I think that's how you get the best competition at the end of the day. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. the best team should knock out the eight seed, and the eight seed can upset the one seed, and right. that makes it like so much cooler, so much more. Mm-hmm. I don't know, more hype, more right. more stuff to talk about just in general. Yeah, so. yeah. I don't know. I, that's what I'd like to see personally. Yeah, no, I'm 100 with you. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, yeah. You, you, I think you, if we've been doing, you know, we've had this this format for a number of years now, and you kind of get sick of seeing the the same mm-hmm. teams play over and over again. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to get back to yeah, have the ability to play anyone from the from any other, you know, the have have, have the ability to play someone from the other division in any round, and rather than like you have to be a wild card team to get that to get a team in the other division, or you got to wait mm-hmm. if you're in the you know if you're in the top three, then you got to wait two rounds to get into that. So yeah, I think that would help. I, so if I had to change one thing in the NHL, this is what I would do for the playoffs. I've noticed that there's been a lot of like crazy overtime games. Like they're going so long, it's getting stupid, right? It, it, it changes the thing. Don't things. say shootout. No, no, fuck the shootout. <laughs> shootout shouldn't even be regular season. That's not an option. <laughs> I think it should just be endless three-on-three overtime for that. Oh, but, yeah, it. get Work gassed. Work to death. Yeah, right. <laughs> but in the playoffs, right, the first overtime is five-on-five. The second one is four on four. 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 Yeah, and if you go I've three, it should go to three on three, right? Yeah. Like I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, it fucking sucks for those guys, but like, right now they're tired. And, and they goes don't want to lose two on two. <laughs> How quick would that go? How fucking fast would that go? That'd be funny. Two on oh two. Oh my god. 
It'd be unbelievable. That's so much Watch ice. Watch like you know, like McDavid and Drysaddle just just <laughs> win the face off. They would and go be down doing a- wild changes too. Like the second that you're near this side of the bench, you're changing for the guy on that end because yeah. it's giving him that many extra feet of ice. <laughs> right, and he's fresh <laughs> off the bench too. Like quick, he's only got thirty feet of ice. We got this. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Imagine that two on two or one v one. I would not want to watch. Same thing. That. If you're changing, you got nobody to pass the puck to. You got to hold it while your other yeah. guy's coming on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually pretty quick. Or you know what you could do is do. I feel like make it longer. Be like instead of like a five minute overtime, f- ten minute overtime. You're talking right. regular season now. Yeah, regular season. Like yeah, three on three, three on three ten for ten. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could because at the end of the day, right? I feel like the three on three with five minute overtime. You know, I, I can and I can't. So my first thought process was that's a good idea because in a five-minute three-on-three overtime, they're taking their first line and they're running them as as much as they can, like giving them as yeah. much ice time as they can to take up that space. Yeah. If you make it 10 minutes, I was thinking, good, because now they'll roll through their second and third lines and, you know, get the legs out there. Mm-hmm. They aren't going to want to do that. They're going to be like, I want my top line out there for 10 fucking minutes if right. I could, you know. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, you do, I don't know yeah, if it would be better or worse. Burning those guys out. Yeah. Uh. Hmm. The strategy, the, the, the amount Depends of like strategy it would change. Remember the weird stat that we had? Um, it was some Russian league. I don't think it was KHL, but they had stats on when the team was, what was it? When they were on a power play, I forget what it was. They were on a power play and they were tied. They would pull, that's what it was. They would pull the goalie so they would have six on four and like something like 70% of the time they would they would win. Really? Like really? It almost became worth it to That's do gotta it. That's got to be like a Colorado. Somebody that just dominates puck possession. Yeah. It, it isn't worried about turning it over. And I don't know what the, the ice measurement is in KHL or Russia, whatever league this was. Because if it's Olympic, is that, Olympic that, that yeah. would make a lot more sense. Yeah. And yeah, right, out, right. out in the European areas, they'll do more puck possession game soccer style yeah. versus NHL run and gun. You know? Yeah, right. So that, w- that would make more sense too, actually. So that probably wouldn't work in the NHL to pull no. your goalie when you're tied yeah. on a power size. play. Yeah. Because there's more space and yeah. more, you know, different mentality. More room in the back of the net, you know. You don't want to pull a, a Capitals either from last season and throw one, throw one into your mm. in, into the into your own empty net from the other end of the ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's been some weird moments. It's it's funny to see. Yeah. I went back and saw the moment. I think it was last season where I don't know why Tuka thought it was. Uh, I don't know why he thought it <laughs> I know was. This. Uh, uh, a like penalty, I, yeah. He went, penalty. To the, he went to the, uh, yeah, the bench. Yeah, he pulled himself. Yeah, and I, I love how, like, it was like But he like skated hot, back and caught himself, right? I love how it was a hot mic because he's just, like, casually, like, mm-hmm. not even, like, rushing. He's just casually going to the ice. And, like, the entire team is just like, oh my God. get the Go! fucking net! Yeah, Go! Yeah. And then he's like, oh, just laughing it off. I'm like, I want to be laughing Dude, it off. when I when in. I first started playing men's league, it, it wasn't even, like, that recent. But, like, the ref had his arm up as my players were leaving the defensive zone. Because the offensive player was offsides, right? But, like, my guys had possession, so, like, I wasn't really, like, understanding why he did. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, we must be getting the call. So I went to the bench <laughs> and got on the bench, and they're like, they saw, like, the ref had his arm up. They're like, oh, cool. And then he puts his arm down. And th- me and the bench are like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, okay. And then, like, no whistle blown, and they ended up scoring on the empty net. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck just happened? It was very bang-bang, but, like, <laughs> At the time, I was like, you guys saw he had his arm up, right? Like, wh- what the hell was that, you know? Right. But, like, it also makes sense in the sense of, like, it should have been, you know, a delayed offsides kind of thing. I don't know. Do, I, I don't know enough about officiating. Do you raise one arm for offsides and the other arm for a penalty? Oh, dude. Uh, that would be a lot for players oh. to even think about, too. Yeah. But you know that might I mean? be – I wonder if that's the case. Yeah. 
Wow. We have we have hybrid icing for the power play hockey league. It's weird. You can beat an icing in men's league. Like yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. These and guys aren't here to skate, ref. Just blow <laughs> <Right>? it. <laughs> oh. Um so the last game I played, which is the playoff game, um, I got pulled. So like I get to the bench. I'm just like I just shut the door behind me. I'm not looking because I'm just getting on. And uh the whistle was blowing and I thought the goalie stopped it, so I'm just kinda sitting there looking out. And I didn't really notice all the guys so like going by me, so they're at the face off dot and the guys next to me are like, You gonna go fucking out there? I'm like, What are you talking about? He goes, face off dot I'm like, Fuck so I gotta like go right back out but it's just it's weird how like you can rush off the ice and just turn around. I don't so know they, the they needed you back in there for the face off because it was like towards your zone or Yeah, was it the, it was right at the zone. Oh I got you, oh, okay. I see. okay. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. You got six guys out there. Just one of you guys play goalie. Yeah. Just sit here for just a little bit. Just stand there. Jesus. <laughs> it's men's league. Man up. Put some hair <laughs> in your chest. Here's my blocker if you need it. <laughs> just throw it on the ice. Oh, shit. But the worst part about that was <clears throat> some of these some of these refs kind of, like, don't get it. I was, like, when I was coming back, I was literally, like, not even at the crease yet. I was, like, halfway there, and he just blew the, blew the whistle and just dropped the puck. I was like, whoa. Like, I had a fucking, like, jump right the hell into it you know it didn't wait for me to get into the net at all yeah just wanted to get the job done but uh i think that's it for the metro we got three more divisions to go i do i do have one segment that we we missed uh we we almost missed i want to do our post to post picks that we we keep keep trying to glance over yeah i do have one for us the flyers last year finished with 61 points uh 29th in the league and worst in their division over under do the Flyers get 65 points for the season? <laughs> 61 last year. I'm asking for 65. I'm once again asking for your support. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Let me. What do they got here? They won 25 games, 11 oh. overtime losses, 25, 46, and 11. You said like they're you, biggest... you can vote. You can pick two. Oh, I'm pounding that under. That's an under, dude? Yep. Oh, you scumbag. <laughs> Tony D'Angelo's That's not coming back. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I had no faith in that team. <laughs> what, what did I say? I, I talked to somebody from Philly the other day, and like you know, I said, and they mentioned they were Flyers fan. I'm like, yeah, they're, they're not the Broad Street bullies anymore. They're the Broad Street bullied. They're just <laughs> they're the laughing stock of the league, unfortunately. And they're not even dead last in the league though, which is insane to me. That is kind of nuts. Really bad yeah. fucking team. It is kind of nuts. Yep. Three other teams are worse than them, which is crazy oh, too. The problem is they didn't make any good moves at all. Yeah. Tony D'Angelo. You already know my pick. I'm oh, like, they're going over, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> they're going over. Like they're 66? finishing with sixty-six. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, with with what the Metro is looking like. Actually, there's just a league is looking like. I'm gonna go under. Under. Yeah. All right. Bernie Sanders does not win again. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if they go over. Yeah, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get the champagne out. Like I said. <laughs> cool. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. Yeah. I, hey, that's only three more wins than last year. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So before we do the net, want one more shout out to the league and everything? Yeah. No, I just, um, like I said, I can't say enough good things about you know Boston Pride Hockey. What what they've done for me in terms of you know giving me a safe space to be myself, learn you know learn more about myself more yep. than anything, and just kind of feel more comfortable in my shoes. I mean. At the point now where I wear this jersey pretty much every pickup skate that I do, and mm-hmm. I awesome. do that because I'm confident in myself, and you know that confidence came from playing with them. So mm-hmm. I really just, yeah, they've just been such a good organization, and I'm psyched to just continue to grow with them and to see the rest of the organization grow in the years to come. We have so many good people now, people that we didn't have a few years ago that have just stepped up and done so much for us. So it's just it's, it's an exciting time. 
It's awesome. Yeah. Pat, well, the, the coolest thing about what you just said, too, is it, it's something that, like, I, I can never fully, like, relate to, too. The fact that, like, you can be confident to be yourself, too. Like, that, yeah. that's that's yeah. so fucking awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. That's great. No, it's, it's, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's just that they're just a really good group of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, super down to earth. Just, you know, they care about you. You know, they're more than happy to talk to you about just anything in life, really, about yeah. whatever you're going through. Right. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's been, it's been phenomenal. Yeah. It's done so much for me as a person. So. Mm-hmm. Just a group of like accepting, caring people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, great. I I got it the first night I walked in, the first skate I ever did, and a bunch of people came up and introduced themselves, welcomed me. You know, maybe feel right at home with you know, especially someone like me who's very shy and gets very nervous meeting a bunch of people for the first time, and it went away so quickly. It That's was just awesome. awesome. Yeah. Which is funny because going going back to what we talked about off the air too, like me me and Pat, we uh, went to middle school together. We're like childhood friends, but. We hadn't seen each other since then, and in college, I started playing hockey, and I did a pickup skate, and Pat's like, oh, I was there. Like, I knew you were there. I don't know if we even said hi, and I was like, dude, that's so funny. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just, like, something that you never would, would think, too. Yeah, and nowadays, I, I, I absolutely take the time to yeah. say hi. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. I want to plug that website. Website, thanks. Uh, want to plug that <laughs> website one more time for us? Yeah, bostonpridehockey.org. We also have an Instagram page. We're on Facebook. We're Pretty much anywhere you can find us. So there's plenty of ways to get involved. I mean, you can sign up for our emails, emails as well. That's how you get notified of all the different events, skates, everything that we have coming up. That's where you can, you know, the website has everything as well. But the emails where you'll hear about things first. You know, you'll get notifications about deci- signing up for skates, expressing interest in going to tournaments, all the different, you know, things that we do. That's where you can really kind of stay stay in tune with it. Perfect. Awesome. All of those links will be below for us as well. Um, and you guys are Boston Pride Hockey, but there's other groups that you're affiliated with, right? So on your website, do you think like people that are listening from elsewhere would find something on that website for them? Uh, good question. Potentially? I, I don't know enough off the top of my head. There's, um, there's probably a contact page on the website, yeah, too. Yeah, we might even have like a collaboration page. Like, yeah. you know, just, just to name a few, um, there's the Chicago Gay Hockey Association, CGHA, mm-hmm. um, that, we, that just hosted the tournament we had there. There's the New York... Uh, MYCGHA, New York City Gay Hockey Association, another very similar organization. Montreal, I don't know their full Dude, that's name, awesome. but they yeah. have their own. Toronto has their own. There's ones out in the West Coast. If we don't really see them much, as Vancouver has their own. Se- Seattle has their own. They're all over the country. It's phenomenal. That's, that's awesome. great. So awesome to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is what we normally do at the end of the episode. We know uh, you know you do not want to partake, but we do a nip at the end of the episode. So this is this is gonna be awkward. My so we're favorite. Gonna do it right by you. That one's mine. Oh, it's yours. Yours is over there. I need you to open it for me again. Oh man, <laughs> I, dude, I couldn't. I couldn't open he my. Didn't even ask. I couldn't he open my beer. I thought you were being nice. I forgot you gave me this Jim Beam. Oh, uh, I couldn't open my beer earlier. Wow. Hand it to Matt. This thing I couldn't get over. Hand it to Matt. Thanks, buddy. It. Never expect Chris to be nice to you. Just know he's trying to get something from you. <laughs> Salesman, let's right. go. Cheers, Cheers, buddy. Cheers, bud. Cheers, Pat. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Ugh, what a great episode. Yeah, thanks again oh, for coming on, Pat. This was awesome. Yep, happy I really appreciate it. Glad you guys invited me on. This has been a lot of fun. Well, I hope you liked it. I really oh. do. I did. Oh. This is it's fun it's fun getting into the weeds talking about hockey. I don't do it that often and you know, rarely do you have the time to really kind of yeah. go team by team, player by yeah. player. It's right. just it's a really great way to not, especially for for someone like me that you know follows the Bruins really closely, but maybe it doesn't follow the rest of the league as well. Mm. Right. It's a great way to kind of get a, a primer lot. for that. Yep. And that now, you know, I'm 
inevitably going to pay more attention to these teams and kind of see how things play out, knowing yeah. that we've discussed it a lot. So. Yeah, especially with flies. They're under, right? Over, under baby. Over, yeah. baby. <laughs> 24-7, you need someone to call and talk hockey. Give me a shout, you know. But anyways, thanks, everyone, for listening. If there's anything you want to see us cover next episode, let us know. Our links are in the description, and we'll see you all next week. Bye, guys. Peace. Yep.